Welcome to a very special episode of Down with Joe DeRosa. Ladies and gentlemen, do I have a Christmas present for you? And I'm only saying Christmas because that's the way I was raised. I don't mean to alienate. Jewish folks, this could be one of the eight Hanukkah presents if you like. All right. Any other religion that I'm unfamiliar with and that I don't know any of the customs of. Maybe you don't give gifts in your religion, but you're still celebrating right now. I don't know. The point is, is it's a holiday gift for the holiday season. Who shows up on the podcast today? Not one, but two great people. The first of which is a dear, dear friend of mine, Sean O'Connor. Very, very dear friend of mine. I've known him for a very long time, and he's a hilarious guy. And I was excited to finally get him on the show where we were able to talk about stress and our mutual anxieties that we share. Uh, who else is on the podcast? Well, one Norm McDonald. Very exciting. Very exciting. He's not on the whole thing. He's only on part of it. Why is he only on part of it? Because we recorded the podcast in his hotel room, Sean and I did, and uh, Norm was in the one part of the room, and he would drift in here and there and... Eventually, he jumped in and started to, to, to got on mic and started to talk and became part of it, which we were both very thrilled about. Sean and I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean, I didn't mean me and Norm. Oh, no, boy, I bet Norm, Norm was thrilled to be a part of it. Um, but Sean and I were excited, man, that he was coming in and, and becoming a part of this whole thing. Um, here's the bad news sound quality sucks. Sound quality on the whole episode, uh, sucks. Uh, here's why. Usually, you know, when I have guests, they're here as I do this intro. Uh, if you haven't gathered yet so far today, uh, the guests aren't here with me. I don't know if that was evident or not, but they're not here with me. I am alone. I'm recording a special intro. And why, Joe, are you recording a special intro? Well, because, as I said, the sound quality on what you're about to hear sucks. And why does it suck? Because the whole thing was recorded through a laptop microphone. And why was it recorded through a laptop microphone? Because we only had 35 minutes to get this done because Sean and Norm had to leave to go to their show and I had to leave to go to my show. Why did we only have 35 minutes to get this done? Why didn't we allow ourselves more time? Because we uh, needed to drive from a barbecue restaurant to their hotel and it took us 90 minutes to get three miles why were we at a barbecue restaurant because i'm in atlanta which means i am on the road which means even this intro is being recorded from the back of the club i'm performing at right now why am i on the road because i need to make money what else does being on the road mean being on the road also means that i'm not working with my standard equipment i'm working with my travel equipment so when i plugged it in in the hotel room because i was nervous because we only had 35 minutes, and I was in the hotel room of a guy that I really love and look up to, and I couldn't get the damn thing to work correctly, I, I panicked, and I just started recording, and I thought I had it all working correctly, and I didn't have it working correctly. So all of our voices are recorded through the goddamn fucking laptop mic, and I thought all our voices were going into the actual mics, and they weren't. I wasn't thinking clearly. I, I failed you. I know, I failed you, okay, fine. And I know what you're thinking. Joe, you did fail us. I know I did. You don't have to say it. I'm aware. I'm very aware. But, 
as they say, every dark cloud has a silver lining, and the silver lining of this dark cloud, which is a shitty recording quality, is the fact that uh, we have two wonderful guests, and I'm really enjoyed this conversation. Sean and I talked about stress, as you will hear, and then Norm comes in, and he's fucking hilarious. What more do you need to know? Sound quality is good enough that you can enjoy this. It's just not good enough for you to respect me as a podcaster. Enjoy, folks. I hope you like it. It's about a 35-minute conversation. Take it all in, and uh, I'll talk to you afterwards. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one guest, one hour. Quick plugs. Mistakes were made. The B-Sides double album. It's out now. You can get it on iTunes or Amazon. Also, I will be at the Lizard Lounge at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, PA, January 4th. And then the following weekend, I'll be at the uh, Cap City Comedy Club in Austin, Texas. Uh, Today, we are talking about stress. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I have it terribly. Uh, I'm on medicine for it. I'm on Prozac for it. And I'm in therapy for it. I'm trying to deal with it because it's a tough thing to deal with. And my most fascinating the thing I find most fascinating about sex or <laughs> about stress is that it prevents me from having sex. Uh, is the thing I find fascinating about stress is the people that don't suffer from it have no idea how it works. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And my guest, fortunately, does know how it works. He's been on Conan. He's had a half-hour Comedy Central special. He wrote for the Sports Show on Comedy Central with Norm Macdonald. Uh, he's doing all types of stuff. The the Lucas Brothers Movie Company for Fox. Sean O'Connor. Oh, awesome. It's good to be here. It's going to be really fun. I think it'll be fun. I hope it'll be fun. I mean, we we had a great conversation uh, in the three-hour car ride. It took to get back to the hotel, so I feel like we're... I'm, Dude, how long was that fucking car ride? I, I got a headache during the car ride. Yeah. Yeah. It so. was... It was. It took us. It took us ninety minutes to get from Matt, Fat Matt's ribs. <laughs> it in, was two point three miles away. We could have walked that. We could have just left the car there and got him back. It took ninety minutes. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking crazy. So here we are. We're both in Atlanta right now performing. Uh, you're at the Improv. Yeah, and you're at Star Bar. Yeah, which I think is better, more fun. <laughs> Why don't you guys come do your show at Star Bar tonight? Yeah, we'll come, we'll come for the late show. It'll be like, the, have you ever been to Punchline in Atlanta? No. They, on Saturday night, it's a 6 o'clock show, an 8 o'clock show, a 10 o'clock show, and a midnight show. What? That's your Saturday night at the Punchline. You do four shows. Why? Because uh, they don't understand it. Like, they don't understand comedy, even though they've been a club for 40 years. And they think it's great. And you bomb so hard on a Saturday at 6 o'clock. That sounds terrible. It's not fun. So what, uh, I mean, what's the point? I can't, how could anybody, unless you're like, you know, fucking Chris Rock, get a turnout for four sh- shows like that? You do, one yeah, day? it's one Thursday, three Friday, four Saturday, one Sunday. It's a very long week. Jesus, I've never done that. Have you done it? I've done it twice. Was it stressful? They canceled the Saturday at 6 o'clock show 12, both times, but they're like, we usually do it all the time, but it's been canceled both times. But it's stressful. Just stressful doing stand-up three times a night. Now, you're out here currently, you're not headlining these shows. Oh, no. You're I'm with Norm McDonald. You're with Norm McDonald opening, which is, that's a very fun gig. Oh, it's the best gig in the whole world. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, when you're not with Norm, because I've been in that position where you tour with somebody else. Yeah. I've gone out on the road a lot with Burr and 
Patton Oswalt and, you know, yeah. I went with Chappelle for a while. So you go with people and it's nice because when you're, first of all, you only have to do like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> it's know? the fucking best. And you go on in between like the host and then the person everyone wants to see. And it's, right. no one expects anything out of you. And then you're like fairly okay at it. Yeah. And then the hard part is though, when, so you're in this situation with, with a beloved comedian, uh, their fans now are becoming your fans and, and you're feeling that sort of the, the residual love, yeah, you know, from, from somebody else's fans. But then you leave that person and you go do your own headlining show. And then that's back to reality. Oh my God. There's just nothing worse than like <laughs> going from like the Wilbur theater, then to go to Foxwoods casino and then be like, I'm going to do 45 minutes in front of people who are, are basically being paid to be here. It's like, like they got free tickets. Oh, it's the fucking worst. And then everyone is like, Oh, we loved you. We think you're fantastic. And then you headline and then you, don't even want to say, you just want to say sorry to people. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry I ruined your night with my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ruin a lot of nights with opinions. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I made a man cry once at a show. Oh, my God. Well, that's awesome. A what, man. How? How did that happen? Uh, he kept heckling me the whole time, and I was like, you know, I kept being like, shut up, dude, shut up. And like, and he kept doing it. And then I got really mad and I wasn't right for doing this, but I got really mad and I go, and I just, I did the like, get the fuck out of here. You get the fuck out of here. You know? And, uh, he, he stood up and then, uh, as he was walking to the doors, I go, get the fuck out of here. And the audience was booing him. And I go, hear that? That's cause you're an asshole. Uh, they're booing you cause you're an asshole. And he was fat, and when they got to the double doors, I go, open both doors so that fat fucks can squeeze through. <laughs> and, uh, and then he went to the bar and cried. Oh, and started oh, crying fuck. to the manager and said, my wife is dying in a hospital. I just wanted to have fun tonight. Oh, fuck. That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my fault. Oh, no, it wasn't. I mean, he was just having shitty fun. That's not the way to have fun. What club was that? Caroline's. Oh, that's perfect. It was Caroline's. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. That guy's in New York. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> His wife's dying in a hospital and he's going to do see stand-up at Caroline's. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I know. It is kind of like, what are you doing at the comedy club if your wife is, you know, is sick? You might want to spend these yeah. final moments with her. Also, how are you fat in New York? Like, it's so hard to be fat in New York. I was my fattest in New York. I was my fattest in New York, yeah. too. But yeah. at the same time... You know, when you're at your fattest, you notice that not everyone, like no one else is fat in New York. Yeah, I mean, I was fat in New York because I would just, uh, you know, you're always like on the run, you know, yeah. you know, because you got to take the subway everywhere and everything. And it's always so crowded. And like, you just be like, fuck it, I don't have time to eat. And you just get like pizza. Pizza and, just and walk McDonald's. And eat it. Yeah. And because it's all cheap too, like and you're only yeah. spending like four dollars on a meal and it's just yeah. two hamburgers. Yeah, exactly. You're like, Well, I spent six grand on my rent this month. So uh I'll guess I'll just eat uh dollar fries for the <laughs> till January. Yeah, the uh yeah, I was I was my I got thinner when I went to LA because every every in LA it's the worst. Everybody there is Well you also have to make an effort because you're in a car all the time. 
So like when you know that, that's how you can just like you just start walking more or like running or exercising because you have to. Now, did that give you anxiety when you got there and you felt like you were out of shape and everybody else was? Oh, I've had. Wasn't? Yeah, my anxiety. My anxiety started at 21, which I felt like I had a really good run right. of not having anxiety. And then I, when I moved to New York, that's when it started full blast. Really? Um, that was like a fucking nightmare. Really? Yeah. I didn't. What, what's the, what, give me, give me your worst, um, your worst ailment when it comes to anxiety. What's the worst part of it for you? It's just, I am certain. I, I think now I know more than most doctors in terms of like, di- like diagnosing stuff. Right. So I'm like obsessed with getting a disease. Me too. Uh, I was certain I had throat cancer the week before I moved to New York. I swear to God, I thought I had, I, this whole week I thought I've had throat cancer the whole week. It's a terrifying one. Have you ever gone to the hospital and got a barium swallow? No. It's the worst thing I've ever done is uh, the week before I moved to New York, I woke my mom up at four in the morning. And I was like, I'm just going to let you know that I'm, I have throat cancer. I'm certain of it. I read everything online. I definitely have it. And I was like, I, we have to go to the hospital. So she took me to the hospital at 4.30. They're like, all right, well, if you have throat cancer, you have to do a barium swallow. And you go in front of this, like, x-ray machine, and you have to drink barium. What's that taste like? Uh, It tastes like just protein powder uh, and, like, like, solid protein powder. Like, if you ate, like, someone's arm that was, like, powdery. And it's like, they, they try to make it seem like a milkshake, but it hardens. Uh-huh. So you have to drink it all in 10 seconds. So you chug this thing that is, it's chalky and stuff and gross. You chug it and then you watch, they watch on a screen, it go down your throat and okay. into your stomach and you, it will attach itself to cancer like, or wherever you, your cancer spots are. Okay. I did not have cancer. Right. And then you take a three-pound shit four hours later. Wow. Does that feel good? That, it, it tore my asshole up. Really? Like, yeah, it, like, ruined a week. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's a rock-hard shit. It's rock-hard because it, it turns to basically cement in your stomach. Jesus Christ. Now, why did you think you had throat cancer? What were your symptoms? And I'll tell you mine. I had this bubble. I still get it all the time. And now I, I that the tightness right here, the right? Tightness. Yeah. Is it right there in the windpipe? Right here in the windpipe, all times, all yes. times. Yes. Yeah, I have Sometimes that. It goes a little higher, but yeah, it's always there. It's a stress bubble. Yeah, and then I get pain over here sometimes. The neck, and like. Do you get like the firing synapses like on the side of your head? No. I'm. I get these. Probably like three times a week where I'm like certain I'm about to have like a stroke or a seizure. I've never had either. So the stress. Okay. So I don't have throat cancer. Yeah. You don't. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think you have throat cancer. They think the thing is if you cough up blood, you have throat cancer. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm phlegmy a lot, you know, always Fleming. I, I do this really gross throat thing that I feel bad about being around people when I'm just going like, (sighs) Yeah, no, I do that too. I do that too. My mom did that all while I was growing up. And it yeah. was a bad habit I picked up, but I, I do it. See, you have to. You have to because it clears everything. I think it might also have something to do. I think I might be a mouth breather. <laughs> Dude, I'm a super mouth breather. Yeah, and have you tried to fix it? It's basically impossible. I can't fix it because my nose is always stuffy. Mine too. Yeah. I have just, yeah, like, have, uh, I can't go to Colorado anymore. Uh-huh. 
Because the entire week is the fucking worst week of my entire life. You're just I get altitude sickness the entire time. Nosebleeds. I cough that up sucks. blood. It's great city. <laughs> that sucks, man. Awful yeah. for me. Yeah, it is a great city. The, uh, it's Well, first of all, I'm relieved that I don't have throat cancer and that I found somebody else. That's sort of the way I've operated my whole life. Like, I don't try to better myself. I just try to find people that have the same issues that I have. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah. It's also sheer statistics. Like, this is a really shitty thought I have. But whenever someone I know gets cancer, it actually, like, kind of takes some stress off of my back. Cause I'm really? Like, yeah, I'm like, I feel like if they get cancer, I won't get it, like, right away. Like, back to back. Well, that's a great way to look at it. I never looked at it like that. I know so many people that have gotten cancer. So I'm just like, I'm going to get it. I worry about cancer all the time. All the time. Because I really like, uh, if, when you read like statistics of diseases, it seems like we're all just going to die of cancer. Like yeah. it's like a hundred percent of us yeah. is going to die just from that. Yeah. Well, they say in, uh, in heavier meat regions or whatever, you know, carnivorous regions, the cancer is more prevalent. There are now other studies that are arguing against that. I mean, you can't win these things. They tell you one week that you shouldn't fucking eat the eggs. The next week you got to eat the eggs. You know, coffee yeah. will stop cancer, coffee will cause it, whatever. It's like, I, but I I just worry about it constantly. In Japan, they did a study where they were doing autopsies on guys, and they were saying that they were finding the presence of prostate cancer in almost every male that had died, yet it had never manifested or developed into actual cancer. It was just like the, the elements were there, but they never they never get it. Yeah. It's like when we all live with prostate cancer, like how we all have HPV. Right. And yeah, I, I think I must have it by oh, now. Oh, I mean, we all have it. I must have it by now. I must have. Now, now let me ask you this, because I used to have really bad AIDS paranoia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking certain I had AIDS so many times. Yeah. There was, there was, like, if I ever, like, dropped a lot of weight fast, I'm like, it was probably AIDS. Like, <laughs> if I know anything about AIDS is you lose, like, 10 pounds in a week. Right. Well, you do what I do, man. Like, I, I alleviate, or excuse me, I ignore the fact that there are zero other symptoms. Yeah. And I just lock on one. So I'm like, throat tightness, that's cancer. Uh, weight loss, that's AIDS. You know, oh, I mean, there's yeah. nothing else happening. Oh, this is this is actually well, this is <clears throat> weird because we are recording in Norm Donald's uh, hotel room. We are. But Norm, remember when he was here? He was going to watch. He was going to watch. Yeah, he he introduced absolutely the worst thing into my life. What? Which is the pulmonary embolism, which is now all I'm afraid of because it's like a, the flyer's disease or the flyer's symptom or something. The hell does it, that mean? Basically, he whatever. When I first started working with him, he told me about Serena Williams got a blood clot in her leg and it went to her lung and she almost died. Then the person I, I shared an office with at that job got a pulmonary embolism next to me. So I had just heard about this thing, and then now my friend Doug has one, and it's just a blood clot in your lung. And like, if he didn't go to the hospital that day, he would have died. How do you know he had it? It hurts when you breathe and your chest is warm. And, uh, and he, he started sweating a lot and yeah, it, he just, he took a deep breath and he felt like a stabbing pain in his chest and he was like, Oh, I'm going to go to the hospital now. And he ran out and drove himself there. And then when he got to the hospital, they were like, thank God you were here <clears throat> that you got here cause you would have died today. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How bad was the pain? He, he looked, he looked 
ghastly white. His lips were blue. Like, it was so weird that he even went to work that day. But oh, so he was already feeling shitty. Yeah, he thought it was a cold. Okay, because so, I get I get chest pains all the time. All the time, and apparently that's anxiety and stress. Really? Yeah. I get it over here a lot. I sometimes oh, get it here. I get it on the heart side, and then this side sometimes. I also don't know like what's a pulled muscle and what's not. I'm like way too dumb about how my body works to actually <laughs> like. I shouldn't have anxiety. That's how dumb I am. Yeah, no, that's that's how I am, too. Yeah. There's no need for me to be worrying about this stuff, <laughs> yet I do. I constantly, constantly worry about it. I recently, well, not recently, but in the last year, I fingered a girl. <laughs> and uh, I had, a, I had like, a, like, like, a little hangnail cut on my finger. And, dude, I spent, like, the next day. For, dude, she was, like, such a nice girl. Yeah. Was, she doesn't have any diseases. I spent the next day, like, three hours online looking up, like, Googling Fingering girl with a cut on finger. Oh, of you know, course, yeah, all because, that stuff. Because that's that's why apparently, like, you could get AIDS as a girl. Is like because someone told me more <laughs> that they're always bleeding, and that's why that they will get AIDS is because it will attach onto it. So if you're putting your finger in there and that has an open wound, I mean. It's basic science right here. You basically have it. Yeah. Like, I'm with you on this. I think we should both get tested now. <laughs> uh, the stuff I read said it's very unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Very unlikely. Thank God. Okay. Thank God. I mean, that's at least what I'm going to keep telling myself. Yeah, mainstream media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Faux news. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, <clears throat> Jesus Christ. So do you take medicine? No. And that's the thing. I think I actually, I had a break yesterday where I realized that I definitely have to get on an everyday anxiety medication. Right. So I had a, pan- a day-long panic attack. It's awful. <clears throat> and then after I did the second show, in the middle of the second show, it my anxiety like broke, which is like the best feeling in the entire world because yeah. everything goes back to normal and like, yeah. it's like a huge weight was lifted off of you. And then uh, I was like, oh... I really was having a day-long panic attack. And, really? And I think it might have been from the day before as well. So I think I just need to go on an everyday thing. You should, man. I, I You know, I started taking uh, Prozac, as I said at the beginning, and uh, it's helped me tremendously. It's helped me tremendously. It, Prozac is, uh, you know, there, there's so many misconceptions about these drugs that – they're going to make you lethargic or they're going to make you comatose or, or, or you're not going to have emotions, whatever. And, um, you know, that can be true if you get on the wrong medicine, but you know when something's not right. But I've been on the wrong medicine. I was on Zoloft and it didn't work for me. And my dick didn't work at all on it. Yeah. It was horrible. And it was like <clears throat> having sex was a chore and then getting to the orgasm was impossible. When you finally got there, it was the saddest orgasm. Yeah. No, there was no like strength behind it. Yeah. Your dick. It was like, it was like your dick was going fine. Yeah. You know? Like you're the, you're like, dick hole was like blowing out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but then I, so I, I was away from the meds for a long time because of that experience. <laughs> It was like when he had sex, it was like watching his cock fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Norm just yelled from the other room that his friend said when he was on it, when he had sex, it was like watching his cock fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like on Zoloft when he was on? Or Prozac? Yeah. You, you said yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So you take Prozac. Is it an everyday thing? Yeah, I take it every day. And like, but, and what, what it did was it just, I, I've said this analogy a bunch of times on this podcast, but the best way I could describe it is, you know, every day is a pretty similar routine, you know? I mean, no matter what you do, you have your shit you need to do every day. Yeah. Um, so I, I look at it like every day you have to paint a room in your house. And when I wasn't on Prozac, I would go into the room to paint it and there was junk all over the floor and the brushes were all shitted up and I didn't have any paint and whatever. And when I got on Prozac, I felt like I was going into the room. It was clear for me to work and I had paint and brushes. It just kind of put me in a position to start to approach something from the proper place and yeah. starting point. So it took away my morning anxiety. I mean, dude, I, I, I mean, I used to wake up every day with a stomachache every single morning. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I still have trouble sleeping. But, um, but, you know, I also don't get really depressed about, like, career shit. Like, I used to get real bad, like, oh, it's you know. so tough. Yeah. That is, like, the, I think just the worst part. I really have tried so hard to not care about, like, things. Right. Uh, like Prozac. With Prozac. It causes one of the rarest cancers ever. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please repeat what he just said. Norm yells out Prozac, and uh, Joe said, "Yeah." And he goes, "It causes one of the rarest cancers ever." <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, it, it causes heart cancer. Really? Yeah, which is one in a million. But if you take Prozac, one in ten thousand. Whoa, that is a gigantic jump. So he's he claims that if you that heart cancer is one in a million, but if you take Prozac, you're one in ten thousand. That's still a pretty pretty good odds. I think so. I will say I, I those whenever I'm thinking about those odds, I just hate them at all because one million doesn't seem that seems like too little when you think of like dollars. Like as a kid, I was like millions, like the biggest number, and then now. Like my friends have bought houses that are worth more than a million dollars. Like, yeah, yeah, millions is like a small amount, and yeah. then ten thousand. It's like, well, that's even smaller. Yeah. So those numbers are now freaking me out because I was gonna, I was about to get like those, land in LA and march into my doctor's office. I'm like, give me some Prozac. Those are great odds, dude. One in ten thousand, dude. If you're in a casino, fifty fifty odds are the best odds you can get. And like that's even money, man. Like yeah. So think about that. That's fifty fifty is considered fantastic odds in a casino. So one in ten thousand. You're you say you that ain't bad, man. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, I won't freak out as much already for you. But that shit used to drive me like like when before I took in a casino. <laughs> can you say this on the mic? Yeah, come on, Norm. I'm just saying in a casino. They don't, you know, 50 50 is great odds, but if you, you bet black, you don't get a heart cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did pick that up. I don't know if we got that. Uh, uh, he, Norm just said uh, in a casino, 50 50 is great odds, but if you bet black and you don't win, you don't get heart cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Dora's just like the most morbid sound engineer right now. <laughs> like, I hear what you guys are talking about. I just want to give you uh, the sad so truths funny. of the world. Uh, well, I mean, he's got a good point. You know, nobody wants heart cancer. 
But that, like, the thing you just said about the houses, that used to be a real trigger for me. You know, if I, like, if I had a friend that, like, got a car that I couldn't afford or, or bought a house I couldn't afford, whatever. Dude, I would, it was, it would kill me. I would, I would make like these absolute statements about my life and my head and I'd be like, you're a failure. And, and so Prozac helped stop that shit along with therapy. You can't oh, just yeah. take the pill, you know, but, yeah. uh, but you know, and I'm doing like cognitive behavioral, behavioral, you know, the word behavioral. Yeah. It's a hard word to say for me. Uh, I'm doing that, which undoes scripts in your brain. Do you, have you ever done that? Are you one of those TM guys? Uh, I started doing TM. Does it work? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely very relaxing. It definitely helped calm my, like, and center me when I would do it. Um, I didn't feel that I needed to do it every day. Like, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like, sometimes I just can't get into it. And they say there's no way wrong, wrong way to do it, but I don't know. Here's the thing. It's so – I've only – I've tried to meditate, like – 12 times ever but my inner monologue really yeah. becomes a bully when i'm trying to like yeah. turn it off because like there's moments where it's just like what are you doing like you're yeah. so gay right now right right well yeah it's hard well tm they say you're, you're supposed to accept judge all thoughts not judge any of them but there is wrong ways to do it yeah i don't care what anybody says when i'm sitting there and all i can think about is chicks and i have a boner the whole time yeah, yeah. i'm not doing it right no no you're not there's no <laughs> inner peace there you just want to fuck something yeah yeah so like i'm positive i don't always do it right but when i've done it i've been i mean i've enjoyed it man i don't know you know yeah i want to i want to get into it i always the people i hear talk about it are either like very calm right or then there's the other half that are like doing it with uh, like a certain level of anger and i'm like oh i feel like you do tm just so you don't kill someone well the tough part is too is when you really start to research tm and tm has a lot of advocates particularly in hollywood and <laughs> i would say almost exclusively in hollywood yeah. and then india and yeah and some of the people that get behind it in hollywood you're like yeah, but you're an asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I've seen testimonials from certain people where I'm like, I've heard nothing but horrid stories about this person. Like, so how good, what is this really doing for them other than empowering them to just be the douchebag they are? Oh, yeah. Really unlocked who I really want to be. Yeah. A fucking cocksucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, exercise for me was is better than anything. Like, and I, I, I don't, I'm not a hardcore exercise guy, but like, I'll jog a mile and then do some push-ups and sit-ups. And, dude, it takes 30 minutes, 25 minutes, and it's like that charge will get me through the day. Oh, yeah. that I mean, just getting the adrenaline going is, like, all I really need every single day. I just need my adrenaline to fight my anxiety. Right. Yeah, I'm basically like an MMA fighter in that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you need your adrenaline going for the right reasons, because my adrenaline, though, will start going from anxiety a lot of the time. Yeah, oh, of course. You know, and that's the worst. That's the, I think that's the reason why I actually really do like stand-up a lot, is because as soon as I'm up on stage, like my anxiety goes away, like, yeah. and it's just like every time without fail, like, I'll, like maybe three times ever, I've done stand-up in like a full-on panic mode. Which is awful. Yeah, it's terrible. It's now. Have you done this before? Because this this one popped up on me today, but then it it was good because of doing these things I'm doing now. I can handle stuff like this. 
But when I used to hang out with people and I'd have a fun time, I would be waiting the whole time for something to go wrong for me to fuck it up somehow. And not like yeah. I wouldn't do anything crazy, like jerk off in front of the guy or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like, I just mean like, I'd be like, you'll say something dumb eventually and then they'll think you're an idiot. And I would do that every time I was hanging out with people oh, that, yeah. I, that I barely knew. And I, I know you fairly well for a few years now. Yeah. Today was the first day I ever met Norm. Remember when I almost killed us? When we almost got in that car crash? Yeah. If this was a year ago, I would I would have been I, I'd be a mess right now. I mean, yeah. you know, I felt bad that I almost made a bad turn and killed us, but I also was able to let it go because I didn't do it on purpose. Exactly. There it was, was a, it was a it would have actually been a real accident. Like, dude, I kept thinking afterwards if you guys weren't there, I would have died. Yeah. That yeah. would we, we, that would have been dead. Yeah, you definitely would have been head on. It would have just taken. I mean, if that accident did happen, you would have killed Norm. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrible. I was thinking about that. Yeah, you just met him. So. I just. <laughs> and then I got to go back to L.A. Yeah. And answer that question to not, everybody. Yeah, not to mention you have to do two shows tonight at Star Bar. Like, I mean, you're not going to cancel them. <laughs> weird set oh my god that would have been terrible uh norm i'm really sorry again man i want to apologize again for that what <laughs> <laughs> no no the the accident we almost got in because oh. you would have got it the worst yeah you would have died i know how to get over anxiety about death how so Norm's advice is the way to get over anxiety about death is to not think so much about your life, which I think that's good. Don't think it's important. Don't think your life is important. I was watching a documentary about something very similar where the guy was saying like, because I have terrible death anxiety. Oh, it's, it's where everything comes from for me. <laughs> me too. Me too. 110%. All Did you time. have someone die young when you were young? No, but I had three friends and four relatives die that were all very young uh, within like three years or four years. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Dude, 20, at least 20 minutes of my act right now is about how death is random. Yeah. And I can't handle it because it's random. Like, it's so crazy how random it is. That's the thing. Like, I, flying, I, can, I can't do anymore. Like, I really <laughs> just can't do it. It's so random. And what's so crazy is... What though? A, a cra uh, there's a fatality every 1.7 billion miles flown. Yeah. So there, so that happened. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And that could just include someone who just dies in the seat next to you. Okay. So like the odds of a plane crashing so low. Right. Or so yeah, so low. Uh, but it will it will happen. Right. Like it's gonna keep happening. Right. And it's very random. It's not like one airline is like, we're the one airline that doesn't crash. Right. Like, there's no proper way to do it. It just happens. Right. Right. And that's what's so scary about it is it's just basically Russian roulette to get to a place you have to go. Hey, man. <laughs> now, welcome I, back to the room. <laughs> no, I just had some advice. Can I point the mic at you? Yeah. You've turned into the grim specter of death. No, you're safer on an airplane than you are not on an airplane. Because when you're on an airplane, 
Nobody going to mug you. Nobody going to knife you. Nobody going to kill you. Nobody going to rape you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anxiety now? No, I uh, I got uh, panic attacks. I, I I had seven panic panic attacks in my life. Well, so tell us about that's one. That's a little harder than, than anxiety. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I have anxiety as well. But panic is a, a, a sense of impending doom. You think you're going to die at that very moment. And uh, so you have to get help immediately. So you most people go to emergency clinics. That's what I did. Right. And um, I found that if you say, hey, I, you go to the emergency and go, I, I'm having a panic attack. I don't. Uh. <laughs> uh, so instead, I pretended I, uh, you know, I was having a heart attack. And I'd say, uh, symptoms to something okay and what would they do for you well here's one thing that i did wrong one time i, I used to go to the mayo clinic every year because i'm like you fellows you know i think so much of my life <laughs> egocentric that i think dying is a bad thing to happen to right but i went to the mayo clinic every year and uh i had a complete checkup and uh um i made up symptoms so that I get very invasive. So I, I everything was blood, you know. So I go to the ass doctor. I'm bleeding out of my ass. So I'd have endoscopies, colonoscopies, everything, you know. And uh, so uh, they gave me, uh, much to their uh, perplexion, a clean bill of health <laughs> at the end of it. And uh, but anyway, interestingly enough, I couldn't get uh, a couple of years later. Uh, I couldn't get. Um, insurance right and uh i thought goodness there must be something wrong it happened at the mayo clinic that uh and they and it slipped through the, the paperwork because now i can't get insurance so this doesn't make sense i'm in perfect health right and it turns out that clinic or i mean insurance companies are privy to the notes that doctors make so they got the all this stuff from the mayo clinic but they got also got the notes of me bleeding out of my asshole and ears and nose so the, you know they were like, well, he's got a clean bill of health, but he has, you know, Norm Macdonald disease, <laughs> a disease that's yet to be, you know. Anyways, uh, but I'm like you guys, think too much about this. <laughs> Holy shit, that was very funny. It's uh, it's six forty-five. Uh, I believe, correct? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's wrap this up. We're not going to top that oh, story. No, no, that's incredible. Uh, guys, sorry for the short podcast this week. I'm traveling with the holidays and everything, uh, and we got stuck, as Sean told you, in 90-minute traffic uh, to go two miles, and then I almost killed us in a car accident, but I'm, I came in terms with it. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like these guys still like me, so that's good. Yeah. So we made steps today in stress. This is great. And you're now, so nice, and you're so sharp. I bet you're a, a very, very good stand-up comedian. Oh, well, thank you, Norm. I, I've never, I've never well, heard you stand-up. Well, I think, well, I would, I think it's very nice to you. Oh, we should, we should oh, thank go. You, man. We should thank go you. after our well, late is, show. Is there another? At, at 11. Oh, yeah. What time's your late show? 10. Okay. Yeah. Come by if you want. Because you have like eight openers, don't you? Uh, it's, it's about a half hour before I go on. What time are you guys done? 11.30? Well, I mean, I could tell them to hold it. 11.30, if you guys are midnight. But yeah, I mean, are you doing an hour? Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay, we'll go. Good. All right. Great. Great. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Awesome. You guys are the best. Thank you both, Sean and Norm, for being here. I'd like to do your podcast one day, you know? I would like <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I get nervous to do podcasts, so I need a little time mentally to prepare myself. And you were great on but this. I'd like to yeah. come on and talk to you. That'd be nice. That'd be, I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I need preparation. No, I would love to have you on. I feel like this one I could, I could bill as featuring like sort of Norm MacDonald, like is sort of on it. Yeah. I think the fans would like that. All right. Uh, you guys want to plug anything, both of you? Uh, Lucas Brothers, uh, Moving Company, and Stone Quackers debuted January 22nd on FXX, and The Late Late Show with James Gordon premieres in March. So that should be fun. Um, I don't want to sound preachy, but um, you, know, you can't get into heaven without Jesus Christ up out of Nazareth. <laughs> Does that sound preaching? Yeah, it does sound preaching. That's a little preaching. A little bit. But yeah, I'd like to... (laughs) Don't you think that athletes, when they praise Jesus, I know they get into a lot of trouble for it? But to me, it uh, sort of damns them with faint praise. Like, he's he's God. You know what I mean? Like, it's like like a (laughs) three-pointer? Seriously? (laughs) Like that's gonna really make him feel good, right? right. <laughs> anyway, do You're doing great. You're doing stand. If anyone wants to do that joke <laughs> out there, because I know comics listen to other comics, uh, they free. do. That's for free. There you go. They can go on stage and do that joke. That's nice. It's not much of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, man, I love you. We love you. Guys, take care. I'll see you in Lancaster and Austin. Merry, ha- happy City, holidays. Yeah. Cap City. Yeah, I love that place. I love it. It's great. So there you have it. That was the episode. It was a great talk. It didn't sound that bad, did it? I mean, it's, you know, it didn't sound that bad. I, I think it's funny that the episode is about stress and I'm stressing out that all of you are going to not like it because it doesn't sound that great. It didn't sound that bad. See, you have me, you all have me doubting myself now. This is your fault. Only you can make me feel the way I feel. I have no control over it. It's not my responsibility. Don't make me feel this way. Don't do this to me. Not so close to Christmas. Or Hanukkah. Or one of the other holidays I couldn't remember earlier. And I I stress about that, that I'm going to sound callous or closed-minded or uncultured or, uh, you know, not supportive of other people's beliefs and culture. I I am. I support all of you. Support all of you. I just can't remember facts a lot of the time, you know, like like what holidays happen around this time of year or how to hook a fucking microphone up correctly. Excuse me. Excuse me for living. Anyway. I hope you enjoyed the ep. I had a great time recording it, and I really do hope that we can get Norm back in to do an actual one-on-one episode. And I'd actually like to have Sean back in as well to do uh, a better recording of an episode with him. Uh, he's a guy I could talk to for hours anyway, so well, we'll make it happen. In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast, right? Subscribe. Subscribe. Allow a man to make a mistake and subscribe to the podcast. Don't judge me on this. If you're judging me on this, you're an asshole, okay? You're a bad person. Do not judge me. You subscribe. You hear me? You subscribe to this podcast and follow us on, well, that's what subscribing is. Just subscribe. Jesus Christ. You guys got me so turned around right now. You're all in my head and you've all got me turned around. 
This is not what an audience is supposed to do. Okay? I give and I give and I give. Don't do this to me right now. Subscribe to the podcast. And uh, leave a nice review. Why not? Why not? Say, and the review could be, you know what? 51 out of 52 episodes, however many it's been, sounded great. There was one that wasn't as great, you know, and it had a celebrity on it, which really made it a shame, but whatever. Maybe that's the review you leave. I don't know. Leave a review, okay? Uh, and check out JoeDeRosaComedy.com for all the dates and all the stuff and whatever. You heard me plug it before already. I don't need to plug everything again. And I want you and yours to have a very, very special, happy, happy stress-free holiday, okay? Remember that. Have a stress-free holiday. This isn't the time of year to feel anxiety about, you know, Jesus being born. This is the time of year to jump into a crowded mall and try to beat other people to the thing you want and feel you deserve more than they do before the store sells out of it, all right? Just just have a nice, easygoing holiday and and keep that type of behavior and you'll be you'll be good. Merry everything. <laughs>